ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. It's one of the most beautiful parts of the Mediterranean, almost a classic Instagram post, but it could soon be a flashpoint in the Gaza war. Before we take you to South Lebanon, there's been an extraordinary development in this conflict. The Catholic leader in Jerusalem has offered to exchange himself for the Israeli children that Hamas is holding hostage. Cardinal Pierre Battista Pisabella has been a peace builder in the Middle East for 30 years. This offer comes as the Vatican reveals it's opening its own diplomatic back channels to try to negotiate with Hamas to free hostages. Luke Coppen of the online journal The Pillar has been following the story. Luke, uh, welcome. How did this come about? The Cardinal was asked whether he would be willing to be personally exchanged for hostages who are being held in Gaza. And he replied instantly that he was more than willing to be exchanged. He was completely ready for it. It's quite rare for a cardinal to make this kind of extremely striking pronouncement. Well, you'd have to assume that his offer was made sincerely because Cardinal Pisabella is deeply entrenched in Israeli and Palestinian society, isn't he? Yes, that's right. And I think if there was any doubt about whether he meant it, he did repeat the offer in a subsequent interview. So even if he was speaking off the cuff initially, it's clear that he truly meant that he was willing to be exchanged for hostages. And he said there were some kind of thoughts going on in the background that he couldn't possibly talk about further at the moment. But yeah, it's a serious offer. Is Hamas likely to accept it? We don't know, uh, in short, because of the chaotic situation that there currently is in Gaza. We don't know who these talks would be with, because Cardinal Pizzabella has said quite recently that it's impossible to talk to Hamas, certainly directly. No, I, I think there's a sort of the fog of war surrounding this. Can't be certain that there's any direct communication at all. It seems like there may be some kind of indirect communication going on, but what that is precisely, we don't know. That is fascinating, Luke, because we know that the Vatican already has a secret uh, peace overture to try to end the Russia-Ukraine war. To the best of your knowledge, is there some back-channel diplomacy now going on with the Vatican to try to end this uh, disastrous uh, conflict in the Middle East? I believe that the Vatican is trying to establish a communications channel or several communications channels at the moment. And the reason I think that is that the Vatican Secretary of State, Cardinal Pietro Parolin, said that just a few days ago. And he's the Vatican official who has overall responsibility for diplomacy. Vatican officials have been working feverishly to work out who the right people would be to speak to in order to facilitate the release of hostages and also the admission of humanitarian aid to the civilians in Gaza. If Hamas does not accept Cardinal Pizabella's offer to exchange himself for the children who are being held hostage, what does Israel make of this offer? I mean, it's difficult to generalise about an, an entire country, but it seems that Pizabella's offer has certainly been noticed in Israel, but noticed by the Israeli public. I imagine that there's a degree of appreciation for it as well, because he would be effectively putting his life on the line if this... Uh, handover were to be taken up. I think there's going to be some appreciation for him. I think 
is also going to uh, raise the profile of pizza bella i think not only within israel but in the wider world beyond the catholic world as well of course the christian population and indeed the catholic christian population in the holy land has been shrinking quite considerably over the years what standing though does he have in the region especially among palestinians and israelis well, he has an extremely difficult role as the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem because his his congregation, as you say, is is extremely diverse. It includes people on both sides of this conflict. People generally acknowledge that he is a, a fair and authoritative figure. He's still a relatively young man in ecclesiastical terms, but even just in the short time that he's been Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem, he has generally, I think, made a good impression on people and people see him as, as a sincere man trying to do what he can within the very limited resources that he has as Latin Patriarch. As you say, it's not a huge community that he's shepherding in numerical terms, and he's not a central figure in the politics of the region by any means, but nevertheless someone whose voice seems to be cutting through. Well, the other thing, Luke, uh, that you point out, though, in your piece and your reporting is that his community in Gaza is a particularly vulnerable one. Um, In what way? The same way as all other civilians in Gaza at the moment, the Christians are are, are no less vulnerable to the violence that's taking place all around them. And of course, it's a majority Islamic community. So the loyalties of Christians perhaps might be questioned at at some points. So Cardinal Pizzabella has to be very, very careful in his comments and weigh everything carefully in order not to make the plight of Gaza's Christians even worse than it is. In the past few days, there's been a diplomatic flare-up, though, between Israel and the Vatican. What's the root of that? This was triggered by a statement that was put out by a group called the Patriarchs and Leaders of the Churches in Jerusalem. And it was put out on the very day of the horrific massacres that were conducted by Hamas in southern Israel. And the Israeli ambassador to the Holy See objected to the statement. He felt that it should have condemned the atrocities wholeheartedly, and he felt that some of the other considerations that were in the statement were just ill-timed. From that point, there began a war of words over the statements that were being put out subsequently by this group. I should point out, having read that statement, it doesn't in any way exonerate Hamas for what it did for the atrocities that it uh, committed. I think, though, the statement was talking about an end, uh, trying to end all violence, though, wasn't it? Yes, I think that's right. I think the particular objection that the uh, Israeli ambassador had was drawing a parallel at that particular moment between the suffering of Israeli and Palestinian civilians on a day when hundreds and hundreds of Israeli civilians had been massacred in their homes. He felt that it was a bit too even-handed, perhaps we can put it that way, and protested quite strongly to the Vatican. And the Vatican has made a number of steps since then to try and reassure Israeli diplomatic officials that it deeply condemns the massacre of the civilians in southern Israel. I notice that the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, has been in Jerusalem recently, possibly scoping out uh, the idea that he and Pope Francis and the ecumenical patriarch Bartholomew, who oversees the Orthodox churches, might issue a joint call for a ceasefire. Is it possible, by the way, Luke, that we could actually see Pope Francis back in the Middle East because he made a trip to Israel and Palestine, he made a trip to Iraq too. Is there a chance that he might return? I think he would like to, but a trip, for example, to Jerusalem is extremely complicated, not simply because there's a war at the moment, which makes a papal trip 
difficult to impossible. But also because there's so many ecumenical considerations as well, there was talk of him going to Jerusalem to meet with the Russian Orthodox leader, Patriarch Kirill, but that was abandoned. There's so many things come into play as soon as you mention a papal trip to Jerusalem. He could go elsewhere in the region. There are indications that he would like to go to Dubai for the next UN climate change conference, which begins at the end of November. And he certainly has visited the Middle East quite frequently during his 10 years as Pope. Uh, He's made notable visits. And I think he was hoping to build up relations between the Christian world and the Muslim world through these trips. And I think he's had a degree of success in doing that. Just finally on that point, Luke, he has actually built, I think, a very close relationship with the Grand Mufti at the Al-Azhar University, I think it is, in Cairo, recognised as the premier Islamic school of teaching, at least for Sunnis. How is the Vatican trying, to the best of your knowledge, to leverage these contacts and leverage these connections to maybe try to achieve some peace in the Middle East? That's all behind a curtain that we can't see, unfortunately. But we do know that the Vatican has poured resources into building up relations with Sunni Muslims and also Shia Muslims. Let's not forget Pope Francis's historic trip to Iraq, uh, where he met some a very senior Shia leader. So the Vatican has really been putting the work in over the past 10 years and longer uh, to try and build up these relationships. And no doubt it's, it's calling on that network now as it attempts to find its role in this present crisis. Luke Coppen, he's a senior editor with The Pillar, which is an online magazine that covers the Catholic world. We'll put a link to Luke's article at our website. Luke, thank you for joining us on the Religion and Ethics Report. Thanks very much, Andrew. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.